0: What number is this, Chip? Episode 31. Color cast commentary for the chaperone. And Fred Velez visits with Davy's daughters at Julian's auctions. <laughs> okay, no, I mean like, don't get excited, man. It's because I'm short.
1: You're listening to Zilch, a monkey's podcast.
0: that familiar music you know you are listening to your monkeys podcast i'm ken mills and i'm joined by the ever lovely and talented craig cohen
2: (laughs) thank you ken i am so ready to monkey around so i hope you're ready for me
0: always and we also welcome the lovely and talented melanie mitchell how are you today melanie
1: i'm doing very well thank you
0: excellent so craig i understand you and jeff were recently at the chiller convention how'd that go
2: it went well that was the one that mike nesmith was at Mm -hmm. and um me and jeff had a little bit of a scheduling snafu so we weren't there as early as we would have liked to and i gotta say um we were there on friday night and mike had a huge line um so it looks like a lot of folks turned out for him and i did bump into jody uh wandering the, the the floor over there at chiller and uh introduced myself and got a nice hug and i gotta say that Jody is um, super sweet, and she was um, just a joy to talk to.
0: And that is, of course, Jody Ritson of Monkeys Convention fame. Every report I've read is that the people that made it loved it, and they got a chance to get something signed and see Mike. And how often does a person get a chance to do that? So that was very cool. Yeah. Well, let's dive into the Monkeys Mailbag. PO Box 9, 8, 4, 7. And Craig, would you like to read this bit of iTunes feedback
2: for us? Oh, actually that was the headline of the five star review I'm about to read.
0: Oh, I, I I thought Melanie hit you with her large <laughs> book there.
2: <laughs> and this five star review comes from DW Washburn. Not sure if there's a relation or not.
0: <laughs> and I, I doesn't it say RB, so that yes. might
2: be the person's actual initial. So, hi RB first-gen fan who's been following you on Facebook and just got an Apple account open. The podcasts are great, fun, and very informative. Each podcast has me talking back to my computer to add my own thought. That indicates that your discussions are thought-provoking and entertaining. You are to be commended. Keep up the great work. Excellent. We want to
0: thank you for that iTunes reviews. Every time someone gives us an iTunes review, an angel gets its wings. No, um... it Yes, it actually helps us get featured by itunes and that helps let folks know more about the show so that is awesome we want to thank everybody out there that's listening now melanie you recently went and saw the Tukey's version of the monkeys up in canada how was that
1: yes beautiful downtown orillia wow (laughs) which is to say nowhere no it's a beautiful town (laughs) they had a music festival going on while we were there and it's a lovely town it's got real great shops and and it's, it's real sweet, but the uh, concerts were at a casino at about 20 minutes outside of town. I had, a, I had a ball.
0: Wow, cool. We are international here at Zilch. Ooh la la. You feel very fancy, don't you, Craig? Oh, oh yeah. Canada. <laughs> That's right, eh? My home and native land. Sorry. That's the girl with the blue Zilch shirt there. <laughs> <laughs> We all love Canada here. As a matter of fact, let's play a clip from Aurelio, Ontario. This was captured by Sherry Hansen. You can find her on YouTube under the name Sunny Girlfriend13.
1: Taxi Separate checks.
0: a very cool clip of the guys live. Don't forget to check out Mickey and Peter's. They continue to storm the country as the monkeys. Check them out on tour. Mickey will also be doing a set of monkeys classics and Broadway tunes as Mickey Dolan's A little bit Broadway, a little bit rock and roll. He does three dates with that show. July 7th, July 10th, and July 11th of 2015. So check that out. And of course there's the upcoming Flower Power Cruise in 2016 with Mickey and a bunch of great bands from the 60s and Circe Link and Christian will be there as well. So check that out in the upcoming dates. But Coming up soon, Davy Jones' Central Park Tree Dedication will be happening on Sunday, June 21st at 12 noon at Sardi's Restaurant in New York, New York. So check that out.
3: This is Annabelle Jones and you're listening to Zilch. Hey, you're a pro. not really <laughs> hi it's Annabelle Jones help us carry on our father's legacy by becoming a member of the DJMF today and caring for the horses that he loves so dearly so you can learn more about the DJMF at www.djemf.com if you want to learn more about Written in Our Hearts you can visit them on Facebook and if you'd like to purchase the book it's available on Amazon
0: to help take care of Davy Jones' herd, and to find out more information on the Davy Jones Equine Memorial Foundation, go to www.djemf.com. And joining us on Zilch live from the auction floor is Fred Velez. And Fred, you are at the auction house where Davy Jones' personal items are being sold.
4: That's right, Ken. This is Fred Velez live at the Hard Rock Cafe on Times Square in New York City Uh and a lot of people are bidding on stuff here uh... you can hear the the noise in the background the the auctioneer and uh, the bidders in full swing here
0: can you tell us a little bit about the auction
4: yes it's the annual Julian's Auctions which is a very prestigious auction house uh... to the stars uh... located primarily in Hollywood and they had a music icons auction at the Hard Rock Cafe in New York City on Times Square hmm. on May 15th and 16th and among the items included stuff from the collection of Elvis Presley including Elvis Presley's tour bus, uh, items from uh, Michael Jackson's estate, uh, a guitar, guitars by George Harrison, Carlos Santana, Eric Clapton, items from the uh, Frank Zappa estate and the main one that a lot of Monkey fans were interested in were uh, personal items, costumes and other Uh, memorabilia from the state of Davy Jones.
0: And there's a lot of cool stuff that was there, for example, the Walk of Fame plaque was there. Yes. Davy's hat from the Artful Dodger, his jacket from the Brady Bunch TV Mm -hmm. show.
4: Yes, that uh, one went for over $14,000. Wow. That is a lot of cabbage. Oh yes, that jacket was on display at the auction. Mm -hmm. As well as one of Davy's um, stage outfits so yeah it was a very exciting bittersweet uh davy's daughters were in attendance uh three of them sarah jones talia jones and jessica jones are all here uh annabelle couldn't attend but she is watching the uh auction live online so and i did record interviews with these three lovely ladies and uh i spoke to them uh, about the auction and they, they they were nice enough to let me interview them and just basically uh, their feelings about the uh, about their dad and the auction, and that they wanted these items to go out to fans uh, primarily.
0: Well, let's go to those now.
5: Hi, this is Talia Jones, and this is Sarah Jones, and, and you're listening, listening to, to the, Zilch,
6: the Monkeys A Monkeys podcast. podcast. <laughs> <laughs>
4: This is Fred Velez talking for the Zilch Podcast, and I am here at the Hard Rock Cafe in New York City with the very lovely Talia and Sarah Jones, the daughters of Davy Jones, at the Julian's Auction for Davy Jones item. First, I want to say hello, ladies. Nice to see you again.
5: Hello, everyone. Hello. Okay. It's terrific to see you.
4: Thank you so much. I appreciate that. <laughs> well, we're here for the auction of your dad's uh, items and all that. Can you tell us a little bit of the items that are going to be uh, up on the block today
6: well on the block today we have the iconic davy jones brady bunch jacket it is a fantastic treasured piece we have uh, quite a collection of his personal items stage close. stage clothes items from his home just a real collection of big uh big grouping of of memorabilia and collections that he has had for many, many years.
5: And mm. things that we have all sort of chosen together that we think would people would appreciate um, having in their lives. You know, we've been really fortunate to to have some of these treasured items, as Sarah was saying, in our lives for so long. And you know how generous Dad was. So, you know, in his honor, we want to continue to share as he did.
4: The uh, items, uh, I know, they probably have some personal... You have some personal attachment to it, so it must have been pretty difficult to decide what items were going to go up for auction.
5: Yes, it, it has. It's been a, it's been very difficult, actually a lot harder than we expected, because um, you know it's going it's going back through everything and all the memories that we had, and what we found is that the items that he gave to us while he was alive really mean a lot to us and we felt like you know as I was saying before dad really liked to share with people and and we just feel like that that was the right thing to do is to not just you know keep things everything for ourselves but
6: um give other people fans friends opportunity to have a piece of clothing a piece of personal effect that meant so much to him we thought that it would be nice to be able to share that with everybody else as well, knowing that fans would treasure it just as much as we do.
4: Right. Mm-hmm. I, I, saw, I saw the catalog of a lot of the stuff. Yeah,
6: isn't it beautiful? Oh
4: yes, amazing, amazing things in the catalog. Right. Uh, one of the things I noticed was the big monkey sign. Right. Yes. That's I'm, I'm surprised that he, had, he that. He had it.
6: Yeah. Yes. You know, he had an incredible collection of monkey memorabilia that he was going to be using for the museum that he had dreamed of putting together one day. Um, so that was one of the most spectacular items that he did have. And now, you know, we're opening it up and <laughs> moving it forward for other people.
4: Now, hopefully, the items will be bid on, some of that may be donated to the museum, hopefully. Right, right. But, yes. but I think I asked you earlier yes. uh, about items that you'll have yeah. of your own that you so, might want to put in right. to the museum.
6: Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. we, we really hope to be able to do that um, in the coming months. Yeah. We really hope to do that.
4: Mm-hmm. Now, um, the, uh, next month is the uh, celebration of Davy Jones, the tree ceremony. Yes. Are you going to be at that event? Beautiful.
7: We have <laughs> right.
6: I we we support it, and we are so deeply grateful and so deeply supportive of this um, of that specific event. It's really event. an honor. It's such an honor and a gift. Um, it's summer months for me, uh, and I'm really trying to figure out my schedule. I have some conflicts that. I really hope to be able to resolve and be there. But you know, we're always, always, always with everybody in spirit and in support. Right. Yes.
4: Now, um, was there an item uh, from, that you put up in the, on the block that was like the hardest one oh, that gosh. you had to let go of?
6: You know, <clears throat> oh, that's an I, interesting question.
5: Yeah, and also, you know, going back to what we were saying about sharing, I think, well, for me personally, I think th- that the items that were more personal to him certainly it made that it made it a little the bit more, more sentimental. Yeah, for us, right? yeah, right. more
6: sentimental for us. But it's hard to say because, like I was saying, the iconic Brady jacket—it yeah. is so special. We've had that in our lives always. Um, and then there are personal items like his wallet and his driver's license, his yeah, passports. No. I mean, those are incredible opportunities. For fans or supporters to be able to have in their, you know, for their own collection. Yes, was, and so it's difficult. I mean, it is difficult. His, you know, his his furniture from his house. It's all very difficult, and not one outweighs the other.
4: Yeah, I was a little surprised seeing the yeah. IDs. of that, Right. 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 You want a whole bunch of those, but right. I can understand you need to get. Uh, you know,
6: um, I, it really goes back to who he was and how we were raised and we he always taught us to share and give the gift and we are we, we were faced with the decisions and we came to the conclusion of the auction because we wanted fans, friends, supporters to have the opportunity to have something special of his and and we have treasures our of our own that we will forever hold dear mm-hmm. right. but absolutely give the opportunity to other people as well and that's what an auction is really right. Right. yeah
4: okay now next year is the 50th anniversary mm-hmm. of the monkeys i know it's going to be a little bittersweet yes
6: mm-hmm. oh, right. i know
4: what are your feelings about the upcoming 50th anniversary
6: well i think you just said it bittersweet right, right. Mm-hmm. absolutely yeah. i mean we i know both sarah and i are really close with mickey and peter And so we're excited. And Mike is so supportive of us. We're just not in, in contact with him as readily as we are Peter and Mike.
5: Right, exactly. And I just, I feel very excited for them. You know, it's, we'll see if we can, you know, it's been difficult for us to... Go to the shows. Right. I mean, I yeah. you know Have you just been to because shows? we ha- we no, haven't yet. I haven't, okay, no. um, yeah, and only for the purpose because we we just felt like and we've been invited by you know Mickey and Peter and and uh, it really was just because like you said before it was, it's bittersweet and you know we just want to make sure that we're <laughs> that we go there and that it's a
6: you know t- I don't want it to be too emotionally heavy. Of <laughs> yeah.
7: Well, I'm sure you've seen. There's only the, so
6: much we can take. Well, I'm sure you've seen
4: the YouTube videos yes. of them in yeah. the concert yeah. Yeah, yes. where they acknowledge. Exactly and do tribute yes. to you. Oh, absolutely.
6: Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. That was really exciting. And we get to hear really great stories from fans that have gone to the concerts yeah. and they they tell us these you know, their experience there and just we get to hear about how wonderful it is and yeah. how dad is missed but how wonderful it is.
5: And also overall just the incredible support we've gotten on yeah. so many levels from people like you, Fred, and and lots of, you know, dad's fans and, and friends and, and it's just been I mean like just heartwarming and it's really helped us get through you know what was a difficult time for everybody
4: great okay well um, I hope this uh, the uh, auction is a success for you guys Thank and you. that uh, for the families and right. that you uh, and that those who are bidding will get a little piece of Davy Jones,
6: yes. and uh, you exactly.
4: so have their own memories and
6: have their own memories and something yes. tangible to yes. to remember him and maintain the legacy that we're building and creating. Right. Yeah. So lovely to see you, Fred. Thank nice you for having you us. Too. Thank you very much, you. Tara.
4: Thank you, Taya. Absolutely. Okay. This is Fred Velez for Zilch Podcast live at the uh, Julian's Auctions speaking with Jessica Jones and I'm with the wonderful Jessica Jones here. Hi Hi Jesse.
3: Hi Fred, how are you doing? I'm
4: fine, thank you. Okay, we've uh, the auction has sold off several items of your dad's. What are your feelings about uh, this stuff going up?
3: Well, I have memories of everything that's being sold today. I can put it into context with a moment in my life or a Photograph I have, or a fun time I've had with my dad. So it's it's a very emotional experience for me. However, it was what dad wanted. He he wanted to um, part with his stuff, and and that's what he requested that we do. So we're following his wishes. So we have his blessing, and he we shared him with all the lovely people in his life our whole lives, and. For me, it's really important that that continues, and that if people care enough that they would like to have a T-shirt or you know a guitar pig or whatever it might be, and they want to they want to have that memory or feel that closeness to dad, then that makes me happy. Because if they care enough that they want to do that, then then you know I hope it brings them some peace and I hope it brings them some happiness because that's what he would want.
4: Now the items are going to be going up for his for his. Uh, for his charity, the Davy Jones Eight. Equine mm-hmm. Fund, right?
3: Uh, I don't know about that, Fred. You'd have to speak to Talia about that.
4: Okay. All right. But uh, I asked uh, your sisters this uh, what was the hardest item to make a decision on putting up on the block?
8: 300. Oh. I
3: think each of us had it, it's funny each of us have different items um, that we have, it's been really hard to part with for me personally um, it's the the top hat the black hat and um, when I was um, a child a, you know teenager, I actually played um, Fagin in Oliver in my school play and I have fantastic memories of my dad you know doing my makeup and helping me with my lines and coaching me and getting me ready for the role and it was a really special time for us so for me to part with the hat is is, is difficult because it just kind of reminds me of us rehearsing and playing and things like that so that's really tough for me personally. Um, but at the same time, I know it's going to mean a great deal to somebody else. And, you know, every time I look at my son or, or my sisters, I'm, I'm reminded of dad. And I have, you know, tangible love around me. So, you know, it's, it's tough, but, you know.
4: Right. Uh, the, um we're at BB King's on Broadway, so I'm sure Broadway has a lot of memories regarding your dad.
3: Yeah, I mean this is the crazy thing about having the auction in in New York is um, you know this is where it all began for my dad. You know the horses brought him here to America. I'm sure you know the story that you know he he was um, a, a jockey at a racing stables, and his governor uh, Basil said you know to one of the owners of one of the horses. I've got this kid, he's so talented, you know, I really think you should put him up for an audition. And and it, and it was just from there, he ended up from a little racing stables in Newmarket to being in Broadway. So when I walk around this city and I picture him being not much older than my own son, Phoenix, and being in New York on his own, I'm just awestruck by the courage and bravery that he showed as a child to come to another country and to follow a career. Um, you know, most kids are playing at home, or you know, with their, their school Which friends, or you know, you know, hanging out with Eddie their family, Jones and he was here working, and he worked so best. hard his ho- whole life. So, you know, that's if one thing, you know, we all say about dad was he was a grafter through and through.
4: I'm sure it's very, very sweet to see your dad's stuff go up. But um, but I'm sure it brings some kind of uh, uh, relief or uh, closure more more or less.
3: Well, you know what? I don't think personally, I don't feel like I'm ever going to get closure because I wouldn't want to have closure. I feel like he's alive in my life in so many different ways particularly in my son Phoenix who is bizarrely like my dad and does things all the time f- that take my breath away and it's three like three watching, watching my father three, nine, four, three, or watching my father when he was like a kid like it's bizarre it's really bizarre so no I don't I don't think for me there is no closure for me he's alive in my life every day but just you know not a physical body but you know a spiritual presence in my life every
4: well you know you're aware of the Davy Jones uh, tree ceremony yes
8: month.
3: yes indeed yeah well you know I, I would love to be there I'm, I'm trying my hardest to sort, you know to make that possible um, as you know I live in England um, and I have a son and, and you know work and it's it's, it's, it's it's hard making those transatlantic flights and I wish I could go to absolutely everything but it's not always possible so I'm going to work as hard as I can to try and raise the fare to get to get here but We'll, we'll see. We'll see. I'm going to. I'm going to try it. Something I'd like to be a part of. I think it's a really beautiful um, and fitting memorial to him. He'd love it. Um, and I just, you know, I'm so grateful to everyone that's worked so hard to put it together because it's such a special, special sentiment. And I know to be, a green spaces were very important to him, and he would, you know, as soon as he hit the hotel room, get his sneakers on and hit, hit the pavements and he would always find a park or you know the hi- when I, I walked the High Line yesterday which I just thought of him the whole way with all the flowers and walking through the city, and I just thought, well, you know, he'd love this so much. And,
8: um,
3: you know, in my mind, he was there walking with me. But you know, Central Park is an iconic place. When you think of, you know, when you think of New York, you think of Central Park. It's one of the big landmarks. Here, so, and the, the poignancy of this being where his career started, his professional career in show business started in America. He had a career in England, but you know, this was a Poignant place for him, and again, I am astonished by the bravery of this little boy that was my father to come to another country and forge a life here. I'm astonished by the bravery. I, you know, I only hope that my own son has that kind of courage in his life. I, I think he does.
4: Right, well, we know that Davy loved New York, and, we, and New York loved him back. And it's just, uh, I'm glad that uh, the items are going to fans. I'm so glad, Fred. Too.
3: I'm so glad. I really hope. You know, people say, you know, how you feel if, you know, collectors buy and they sell on. Well, I just pray that all those items will reach the right home. I hope, even if there's a middleman and someone's selling it and making a, you know, it, I, it makes me uncomfortable. But I just, I'm going to trust in God and trust in Dad that all those items are going to go out into the world and the people that need to have them are going to end up with them.
4: Good. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Jessica. Thank you, Fred. All, all the best thank, you Fred. Your family. thank you, Fred
3: for all your support and all the love you've shown us thank you you're
4: welcome
3: this is Jessica Jones and you're listening to Zilch the Monkeys podcast great
0: thank you so much okay. All right. Uh, well thank you for, for those interviews Fred it was very interesting to hear the, the girls talk about their father's collection going up I want to thank you for being our ambassador of Zilch spreading the word and going out there and doing our roving reporter job for us
4: my pleasure, Ken. I want to thank uh, the girls again for being so gracious with their time during a very difficult period, which is still going through with mm-hmm. the loss of their father. But I know all the fans are I still support them, and they they feel the love coming from the fans.
0: Now, Fred, could you tell us as you were watching the auction what was what the procedure was? For example, there's this big screen. You sent me a screen cap of the the big screen. And it's got, like, for example, Lot 601, Davy Jones' scrapbooks, and and as the bids come in the numbers are updated, correct? Yes. And Um, it shows the different currencies and and, and, and what the current bid is up to, correct?
4: Exactly. Each person who was going to bid had to register with financial information, of course. Uh And uh, they were each given a paddle uh, with a number on it, which was their personal number for bidding. And when there was an item up that someone was interested in, they just raised the paddle so it could be fully viewed by the auctioneer and acknowledged. And there was also the
0: auction online where people were... Exactly,
4: who were registered online could bid Mm -hmm. as well. And they would have their own uh, uh, bid number as well.
0: Exciting stuff. Well, it it had to kind of be surreal seeing these items that you know from your monkey memory, if you will. Mm Mm-hmm seeing the bids come in, what was it like? As it was inter- it was
4: very interesting because I have uh, been at au- auctions at uh, comic book and music conventions and I've actually participated, uh, I presided over a couple of uh, auctions at some of the monkeys conventions so it was interesting being in the audience for this one because this was like a really high prestige auction uh-huh. uh, done by professionals. So uh it was a very interesting experience. The people there were very were in good were in good spirits. Uh, there were several monkey fans there bidding on items and a few that I knew had had gotten some items which they were very happy about. Now, a lot of stuff went for astronomical prices, but other stuff went for much lower and mm-hmm. I actually was a bidder at the auction, but unfortunately a lot of stuff was way over my price range. So uh, I had to pass a lot of it. Fortunately, I do have my own signed items by Davy, and uh, a lot of the memorabilia that was uh, up for auction I actually already have in my collection, okay. so I was good. It just would have been nice to have gotten something from his personal collection.
0: Right. Well, Fred, I want to thank you for reporting live from the Hard Rock Cafe in New York for us, for, for Zilch, and thank you for keeping us up to date, and uh, God bless you, and, 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 and thank you for all you do.
4: Thank you very much, Ken. God bless you, and all the best to all the Zilchers out there.
0: And don't forget, keep monkeying around.
4: Exactly, and buy my book. <laughs> I'm Fred Velez. My new book, A Little Bit Me, A Little Bit You The Monkeys from a Fan's Perspective, chronicles my experiences with the monkeys from the 1960s into today, along with stories by other fans and how the monkeys touched our lives. A Little Bit Me, A Little Bit You The Monkeys from a Fan's Perspective by Fred Velez, available on Amazon.com. CreateSpace.com, SmashWords.com, Apple iBooks, Barnes Noble Nook, and other print and ebook outlets.
1: Hi, Zilch fans. This is Melanie Mitchell. Be sure to check out my book, Monkey Magic, a book about a TV show about a band. It's a lighthearted review and companion for the TV show that made the 60s fun. The paperback is available online from Amazon or Barnes and Noble, and the ebook can be bought anywhere that fine ebooks are sold. Check out the Monkey Magic Facebook page, follow me on Tumblr at bluemoonalto.tumblr.com, and listen for my contributions here on Zilch, a Monkey's podcast.
0: And here we are in the merry month of May, and it is our 1-year birthday. Yes happy birthday to
1: you happy
0: birthday to you thank you for listening one and all we are glad that you took this journey with us it's been mind-blowing how many people have come aboard and we're just glad that we could all get together and monkey around and talk about the monkeys and you know it's a band that a lot of people might make fun of us for loving but we're just glad that you're here and we love the monkeys and we hope that we do them proud everyone at the TV show The Monkeys, everybody that was part of the band, part of the stage crew, anybody that was part of The monkeys story. We just hope that we do you proud. Thank you for being part of Zilch. We are proud to be part of The Monkeys community. The next two episodes of Zilch will be a look at Ghosty's Monkey 2015 Spectacular. Ghosty does a show on WFDU-FM, the vintage rock and pop show. And he had such great guests as myself, Melanie Mitchell, Jody Ritson, and Moses, the Tiger Beat editor, and Bobby Hart. And he'll be spreading those out over the next two episodes. as kind of like a treat. If you didn't get to hear it when it aired, well, now you can soak it in in all the ghosty goodness and monkey spectacularness. And no, that's not a word. Thank you, ghosty, and glad that you are part of the Zilch staff. And speaking of other cool things... Ian Lee is continuing on with his 7A records and soon there will be a Mickey Dolan's release on that. We can't wait to hear it. It's gonna be some of Mickey's singles from the past that are not available. It's gonna be fantastic. Those will finally make their way into our monkey hands. So keep up the great work, Ian Lee. And earlier we played Sherry Henson's great clip. You can find her stuff on YouTube as Sunny Girlfriend13, well she's not the only one that has a YouTube channel. There's two guys named Mickey and Peter, and if you go on YouTube and look for Mickey Peter, you will find three really cool clips. The monkeys Mary Mary Live in 2015, I'm not your stepping stone, and DW Washburn. We think you should check them out. So before we get into the Monkey's color cast this episode. Let's check out D.W. Washburn as heard on YouTube. Take it away, boys.
7: D.W. Washburn I heard a sweet boy say D.W. Washburn This is your lucky day
0: So today, we're doing the color cast commentary for what episode? The Chaperone. the Chaperone. Ah, you guys could have done that on Kia. You know, a little bit of practice, we're going to go far. Uh, now, now, what happens in this episode?
1: Mickey wears a dress.
0: Oh, uh, yeah. And Mr. Clean shows up. So, it's that one, folks. Well, let's get to it. Ghosty, would you take it away? Hey, wait a minute, guys. You know what? It's 7 30, 30 Central Time. It's time for the monkeys. I wonder if anybody around here has got a television set.
2: Hi, friends. Ralph Williams, one of the world's largest. Holy cliffhangers, Batman.
8: The Monkeys. Brought to you by Kellogg. Tonight's Monkey's Color Cast commentary is brought to you by Reynaldo's dance a go Want to learn to swing on the scene? Come to Reynaldo's dance a go where our friendly instructors will sign you up for a lifetime contract. And you can dance until you're 80. See you there.
2: Okay, so here we are for another Monkeys Colorcast commentary. This week we are doing the episode The Chaperone. I'm Craig Cohen, and as always, I have with me Monkey Magic author Melanie Mitchell. Hello! Hi, Melanie. And we have a very special guest sitting in for the absent Jeff Hewlett, the podfather himself, Ken Mills.
0: Hey, I really like these seats in the Monkey Theater. This is really cool. Yeah. You got the cup holders. This is good. And we should note that Jeff Hewlett is on assignment. He is officially monkeying around. So.
2: <laughs> yes, yes. And I'll let you know that um, this area is so neat because I am the sole key holder for it, and it stays locked when we're not using it. Excellent. Come on, Davey. Quit fooling around. What TV show is she watching? Ours, I hope. <laughs> All right, so we're jumping into The Chaperone, and um, it's written by two gentlemen that we've talked about before, Gerald Gardner and Dee Caruso. They wrote um, a a handful of episodes prior to this and after this. They wrote The Spy Who Came In From The Cool and Success Story, and we'll next talk about them on Monkeys a la carte.
1: And they are the um, script and story editors for the whole series.
2: Right, right. Great point there, Melanie. And director Bruce Kessler has a pretty interesting story. He was born in 1936, and from his biography I found online is an American racing driver and film and television director. He entered one world championship Formula One Grand Prix, uh, the Monaco, in 1958. Um, but failed to qualify, although he posted the 21st fastest time of the 28 entrants. And Melanie, there's another interesting fact about Mr. Kessler, right?
1: Well, so much, not so much about Mr. Kessler directly, but about the series. Um, I mentioned earlier that the first um, eight episodes, um, Ray and Frawley took turns directing.
7: Mm-hmm.
1: And this is the first episode that they made that wasn't directed by one of those two. So he huh. was the first person entrusted with the series once they opened up the group of directors to other people. Also, this uh, was his very first directing job.
2: Yeah, look at that. You know, uh, talk about really being thrown into it, because you got to say that um, The monkeys had to be a very, very complicated show to direct, and, and not in the sense that there was a lot of special effects they were dealing with or anything like that, but just the, the timing of the episodes and all that was going on, so I'd imagine for a first-time director, that had to be uh, getting thrown right into the fire. He did and a wonderful job. Oh, yeah.
0: Stylistically, I think that that had to be a little hill that he had to climb. Anyone that would be assuming that position, you know, because the the show is really quite different than a lot of things that you saw on television at the time. Similar to the way that if someone were coming in directing Star Trek or Batman, you would make sure that they'd had a good grasp of the vibe of the show you know what i mean
2: oh totally i think that's
1: why rafelson and rafelson and schneider were looking for people who didn't have a lot of experiences directors because they wanted people who weren't just going to do you know what they usually do
2: right right so do we want to take a look at some of the cast members we're going to see melanie how about sherry alberoni who plays leslie
1: yeah boy what a fascinating uh story she has um, before she was on The monkeys, she was a Mouseketeer. And in her adulthood, she worked as a voice artist, um, did some of the great uh, characters of my youth, including Alexandra Cabot on Josie and the Pussycats. But <laughs> but the thing that really made me happy was finding out that she was the voice of Wendy on Super Friends in the mid-70s. And I think she may have been my first cartoon crush.
0: Uh, <laughs> Wendy and Marvin. <laughs>
1: You can keep marvin
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> oh he knows he wasn't supposed to go out wonders Shh. we better get him back here
3: well okay underdog
2: we also have mrs Weefers, played by diana chesney who was born in 1916 died back in 2004 and she is primarily known, in addition to the uh, the monkeys episode, for the Great Mouse Detective, Robin Hood Men in Tights, and Rescue from Gilligan's Island. Wow, Melanie, did we also want to talk about Duke Fishman, Mr. Clean?
1: <laughs> yes, we had to really dig to find who he was. Um, fascinating guy. He um, did a lot of TV work as a sort of bold, hefty often scary guy very colorful guy apparently um was a a lifeguard in his little community on Catalina Island and was known as the uh, official greeter of Catalina Island he would welcome people when they arrived on the ferry Um, so he was very beloved there on Catalina Island Um, some people say he was the model for Mr. Clean but I'm not so sure about that but in any case he does a great job playing Mr. Clean
0: I'm telling you, when I saw this as a child, I thought this was Mr. Clean. And and I don't know if that makes any sense or not, (laughs) but there's a difference between the character and what you thought was running around Hollywood, if you will. I thought Mm -hmm. this was the actual, real Mr. Clean. I (laughs) guess I thought that Mr. Clean was real. So, if that's (laughs) not confusing enough.
1: (laughs) It's actually one of my favorite moments in the entire episode is when he shows up at the party and starts washing a window.
2: (laughs) (laughs) And I guess we're also going to look at Arch Johnson, who played General Vandenberg. And Mr. Johnson was born Archibald Winchester Johnson, March 14th, 1922. He died back in 1997. Um, and in addition to uh, over 100 television programs, he was also a Broadway actor. Wow. Before The Monkees, he did Perry Mason and The Fugitive. And after The Monkees, he did um, F Troop and Bonanza. All right. So before we get this thing rolling, is there any final thoughts that we talked about talking about that we forgot about, Melanie?
1: Well, can I do a quick report back from the last Col- color cast commentary? Oh, it's of course. It's real short, I promise.
2: Yeah, please. <laughs>
1: um, the question was raised: uh, How much does beachfront property in Malibu go for these days? I found a listing for a fairly small uh, house with an overlook of Zuma Beach. Uh, Fourteen hundred and thirty-four square feet, three bedrooms, listed for two point six million. Oh. So that's an example of what real estate is going for, uh, beachside in Malibu. Um, The question was raised about whether Davey actually had a a jockey's license. Uh, Judith Supple-Hadlock reported on the Facebook uh, commentary that indeed he did get his amateur jockey's license, but not until 1980. So he was not a a jockey before the monkeys, but officially became an amateur jockey after the monkeys. All right. And then finally, there's that darn poster in the veterinarian's office of Dunphy (laughs) the Wonder Dog. (laughs) Now, I have had zero success in finding anything about Dunphy the uh, the Wonder Dog, but I will say this. There are a whole bunch of Dunphy listings for the TV show Modern Family. Yeah. So when I do a search for Dunphy the Wonder Dog, I get like 50 pages of references to the Modern Family TV show. So I gave up. Sorry. Yeah.
2: Well, you did mention um, us getting some information via the Facebook page. So who knows what kind of information might trickle in now. And I got to say <laughs> I love the interactions we have after these commentaries because it allows um, our listeners who might be – keyed in on certain facts to share that with us. So, uh, very, very cool. And Melanie, thank you for for the update. It's always uh, very exciting to get updates from the the previous episodes.
1: Well, I try.
2: All right. So, are we ready to roll this? I think so. Yep. All right. So, we will start in three, two, one. All right. So, this uh, episode, we really get dropped into things almost to the point where – I I at least felt like I I was missing something.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It seems like we missed an act.
1: I actually like the way this story begins because it starts right away. There's no long establishing shot of the monkey mobile driving down the street or people just walking into a situation. It's like, boom, you're immersed in the story. You can Mm -hmm. figure out pretty quickly what's going on because they're looking at her through the binoculars.
2: Yeah. I almost want to know how they initially saw her. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. By the way, this is Blondie Street on the Columbia Ranch. So uh, this was the Hazel House, and all the houses around it are other houses that were used in sitcoms. Samantha Stevens probably lives next
2: door.
0: Oh, that's awesome. Boy, that door's a little bit dirty. I just realized there's
2: fingerprints <laughs> on it stuff. Especially considering Hazel lived there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, the she hasn't cleaned it for a
1: while. <laughs> Davy uses the word "davoon" here. I'm not sure... That shows up again in uh, monkeys a la mode but I'm not sure if that was just a word that was being used in the 60s or if it's something that got made up right here on the set oh. But what really bothers me about this episode which by the way I love this episode but what what bugs me about it is that Davy seems very out of character here I've never seen him be reluctant to approach a girl or nervous about approaching a girl or having to have his friends push him to say go go talk to her it's, this, this doesn't strike me as, as particularly in character for Davy.
0: Because as, as Jeff Hewlett might say, Davy is a true player. so
1: <laughs> I mean normally he'd just turn the stars on.
0: Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And looked like Mickey was kind of chilly, you know so he had two shirts on there.
2: <laughs> Do you think that this episode might have benefited um, the story and also Peter if, if Peter had been dropped into the, the Davy role?
1: Well, that basically, that's the, the plot of One Man Shy.
2: Okay, right. <laughs> so then we jump into this Kellogg's commercial.
1: Mm-hmm. Watch, watch Mickey. Up, down, up, down, up, down. I <laughs> love that.
2: So now we have a series of routines um, mm-hmm. where they attempt to make contact. And I love that little gag with, with Mike with the binoculars backwards. <laughs> That also seems like that's something Peter should have done.
0: Yeah, that does seem like his wheelhouse as far as the show goes.
1: Now, this is one of the episodes I have a script for, and so I sometimes can point out things that were or weren't in the uh, in the script, but it, so far they're keeping very faithfully to the, to the story. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: Davey did not listen to the Eurythmics. He's messing with a military man, so... <laughs>
1: So now hey. they're here to, to inspect the bomb shelter. <laughs> Notice the- that Mickey is the one who's accompanying Davy on these little missions. Yeah. Um, that's sort of significant because in a minute they're going to talk to um, Leslie's friend Cynthia. Mm. And Mickey is the only other person besides Davy to interact with Cynthia. Um, there she is. And it's not really shown in the episode as it was shown, but in the script, Mickey is actually smitten with Cynthia. Really? Yes. And so later on at the party, he's really anxious to get done with General Vandenberg and the whole Mrs. Arcadian thing because he wants to chat up Cynthia. That's not really obvious in the episode, but it was very obvious in the script. In fact, he actually talks about it. (laughs) So he's highly motivated to get both Leslie and Cynthia over to their house.
0: Yeah. I like that book, The History of World War II. A little (laughs) little light reading.
1: Right. Now, notice General Vandenberg is all dressed up in fatigues, and he's got camouflage, and he's got swagger stick and grenades, Mm -hmm. um, and a whole bunch of toy soldiers on his desk. I used to think that he was nuts, and maybe he is, but it occurred to me in later years that maybe this is just Mickey's imagination.
0: Yeah, it probably. But we're
1: seeing Mickey's imagination of what Vandenberg looks like, not what Vandenberg actually looks like.
0: Yeah, it reminds me of uh, Stripes, Craig. Ah, right. When uh, who who was that? The guy that played Dan Fielding on Night Court. He he kind of dresses and acts a similar way.
2: John Larroquette.
0: John Larroquette. Yeah, remember that scene where he's got the little army man and the loofah and all that. Yeah. <laughs>
1: So now we come into my favorite romp of the entire series. Um, This just doesn't seem to be my day, or as I call it, the decorating for the party romp.
7: Mm. Not
1: sure how this ties in, this whole hard hats and potted plants things, but now it gets fun.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And Melanie, this was subbed out in the, uh, the summer rerun, right?
1: Uh, Actually, there was no summer rerun in 1967. This is one of the episodes that didn't get rerun that summer. But in 1970, they swapped in Midnight Train in place of this song.
0: Okay. Wow, what a strange song to play. (laughs) Mike loves his pretzels.
1: I do. I I love every little bit, and this is just so funny and so silly. And about two-thirds of it was not in the script. So this is Bruce Kessler putting his stamp on the show, uh, coming up with ideas. The pretzels thing was not in the script the climbing up on the balcony with the balloons thing was not in the script oh god mickey you know he does his own stunts and it's really impressive to see him going up and down and up and down with <laughs> just his fingers oh yeah you really 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 want those pretzels
0: just happen to have a chop-
2: chopping block right
1: there. <laughs> god he is really so agile
2: yeah, mm-hmm. this was another one of those cases where I thought, here is a guy doing some stunt work that they definitely wouldn't allow him to do today. Absolutely. Especially the and, fall. Yeah.
0: And they animated Mr. Schneider.
1: Yeah. Now, how did they bake that cake? Look at, look at that cake. That kitchen doesn't have an oven. <laughs> <laughs> and that also, that slide down the banister. Yeah. Um, that's a stunt. I mean, it's one thing to slide down a straight banister; it's one thing to slide down a wooden banister.
2: But that's and that not- fall, I these falls that. there. Yeah, Davy took a serious fall there.
1: Yeah, I mean, this is some dangerous stuff they're doing, but it's a lot of fun.
0: <laughs> Just remind me to not have these guys uh, decorate the headquarters here.
1: <laughs> and here comes another thing I really love about this scene: all four of them are about to do magic together. Yes. They're, they're levitating those balloons as a group. That's, I think, just such a sweet little bit of business there. <laughs> and here's the chaperone.
0: One could say they might have had a lot of hot air there and just floated the balloons. <laughs> In case of fire, run. <laughs> dun, dun, dun.
1: <laughs> now, this is something I think that's interesting. They're, they're having to do the chaperone thing because of... General Vandenberg and his daughter, Leslie, who, I don't know, maybe she's underage. I can't tell. But these are four grown men and they're having to sort of play like little boys. That'll come up again later.
0: Um, Yeah, but it's also the times that they were in. remember, they're trying to promote these guys as good, clean, wholesome, you know, American youth and all that. And it used to be when you had a party, you had a chaperone and, you know. Plus, you really want to tick off a general.
1: No, oh, right. And you do want to get in the general's daughter's yeah. good graces, as it were. That, that wasn't the word I was going to use. The out used. there
0: in the courtyard always freaked me out.
1: Yeah, me too. So do you really think these four out-of-work musicians could afford a cleaning lady even once a month? <laughs> well, isn't no. it
2: the, the months that include an R?
1: Yeah, right. <laughs> so the house doesn't get cl- cleaned in June, July, or August. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> May, June, July, or August.
2: Yeah, I actually got out my calendar on my phone and, and checked because yeah. <laughs> I, I was like, hold on a minute. Is, is that a trick question or a, a trick yeah. joke?
1: <laughs> I love the, it, the joke that just passed by where um, Davey's talking about being able to pass her off at an MC ball. And when Peter says, you know... What about the party tonight? And Davy immediately switches into a Cockney accent and says,
0: mm-hmm. "Well,
1: that'll be a little odder."
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> the film looks weird in this one scene with Mike and her. It's like the coloring's strange. Yeah, and
2: I, enorm- I think some of the 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 effects they did there they were probably working with second or third gen- generation negatives by the time they were done.
1: Okay. Yeah. T- speaking of stunts. Does anybody else get really nervous when Peter stuffs all those marbles into his mouth?
2: Oh, my God, yes. (laughs) I want a gumball
0: now.
1: (laughs) In the script, there was no mention of Mrs. Weavers having an accent. Oh, really? um, Obviously, there had to have been one for that Huntington Hartford joke to work. There's the beautiful dress. Oh, God, it's a stunning dress.
2: And she's out.
1: They say she's stoned, which I always thought was interesting. But I think they really did just mean drunk. Now, Uh, have we seen this room before? uh,
0: I think this is the first time we see the
2: second floor.
1: Yeah, first time we've been upstairs. I just saw the sign that said elevator to hospital. I love that. (laughs) I love that sign. Boy, Jeff must be – I must be channeling Jeff. I'm noticing (laughs) things on the walls now.
0: (laughs) There was was a sign above the one bed. It said slow. Is that – the sign you want above your bed, Greg. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Slow down, you move too fast.
2: Oh yeah. goodness.
1: It's a lively party they've got going on there. They got a wow. lot of guests.
2: And here comes the chaperone to save the day. Uh-huh.
0: I thought it was funny how the the candles when, when she breathed on them, they
2: <laughs>
0: went off like a kiss concert.
2: I love Mickey getting like the Joan Collins treatment there.
0: Yeah, and the fuzzy lens.
2: Yeah, any kind of 60s TV show, you always had the the women treated
1: treated in what way?
2: With the softer le- with um oh, with, with the softer lens. The soft lens, yeah. Yeah.
1: I have to tell you how impressed I am with that wig. I mean, it's comically oversized, but at the same time it does such a great job sort of softening Mickey's features and balancing out that enormous jaw that he has.
0: Well, the fan doesn't hurt either. I mean, it does obstruct some of it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But a a normal wig probably would have made him look a little more masculine. I think this does really do a good job, Mm -hmm. um, you know, helping the illusion. But
0: uh, that uh, fuzzy effect you were talking about, Craig. Yes. That's similar to, I mean, this, when you think about this probably the first time we've seen Mickey get that, and it, it it was from a dude. You know, usually it's Davy getting that look from a girl, like in mm-hmm. the pilot episode. Yeah. <laughs> she looks at Davy fuzzy.
1: Now, this is the point in the script where Mickey's telling his friends that he wants to get this over with so he can spend time with Cynthia. They mm-hmm. cut that line out of the episode for some reason. He also kept hiding a lead pipe in his fan. They dropped that bit of business.
0: He kind of reminds me of Jennifer Aniston from Friends in this, <laughs> with that wig. Mm-hmm. And there's uh, Val Carries in the background, huh? Is that her?
1: She's wearing a polka dot uh, outfit. That's Val, yes. Yeah, this Tarzan joke falls flat for me. I just... It's like, okay, you made your point, but I don't see why you bothered. I think this is much funnier than just watching Mickey doing his thing. (laughs) That's June Fairchild, who just came out of the bathroom to talk to Mr. Schneider. Ah. She appears in the movie Head as well. As the mm-hmm. woman in the bikini who's threatening to jump off a building. Uh, June Fairchild unfortunately passed away just a couple months ago. Now look at this. Mickey comes in, sees Peter's chatting up Cynthia, grabs him by the ear and drags him away. That's the only sign we get of that jealousy of mm-hmm. Mickey wanting Cynthia for himself. And that's <laughs> Val. Hi, Val.
0: <laughs> look at her swing. Go, Val. Yeah. Um, you know, that that scene without the context of him having a crush on Cynthia, it kind of seems weird. Like he's really getting into the part of being the chaperone, you know?
1: Well, also by suggesting that the, the band play, he's getting himself out of general Vanderburgh's position, but I, I love how this, this song, which is about, you know, opening your mind to strange things happening. Mm-hmm. Has the band playing and Mickey's in his red button shirt playing the drums and singing. And he's yeah. also Mrs. Vandenberg at the same time. <laughs> it's just so bizarre. I love that. And the band keeps bouncing back and forth between the deck and inside. So the there band keeps is. moving. There's Mr. Clean. Hi, Duke. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so we've seen Tarzan and Mr. Clean. That's All we right. need is Batman to come swinging through there. <laughs>
1: This is a real happening party. I wished I'd been invited to it. <laughs> <laughs> fun, I love this man. also. Mickey's threatening to untune the bass. <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: This is one of the rare, I guess, romps where they acknowledge that they're going to go play. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, it's a combination of a performance and a well, it's really mostly a performance. Yeah. The the guests at the party are dancing and doing other things like showing off their muscles or cleaning right. a window. Go for it, Duke. (laughs) Dance,
0: dance. I love that guy. (laughs) Stuck with. I've always loved this. It's always been in my head. Every time I hear that song, it usually pops into my head.
1: Well, just imagine him at the dockside on Catalina Island welcoming you, (laughs) because that's what he did in his spare time, Duke Fishman. I love this bit where um, Mrs. Arcadian is sitting on the love seat singing. Come with me, leave yesterday behind. Oh, oh it's so sweet. <laughs> this is, for me, this is the epitome of this song. I know they used it for the sword fight in Royal Flush, but this is the perfect, perfect place to use this song. It's so surreal.
0: Like <laughs> cool chicks at that party. I wouldn't yeah. have mind there. Now, just get the band to play uh, Let's Dance On, right, Craig?
2: Oh, totally. <laughs> Mickey has some really good um, one-liners here. Um, Mm -hmm. Have you ever been to, what, Palm Springs? Yeah. Um, I haven't, you know. (laughs) Is it nice? (laughs) Yeah, is it nice? Yeah, right.
0: (laughs) Did you guys notice earlier Mike was dipping the pretzels into his drink? (laughs) Yes. Yeah.
1: This is the mysterious door that is either a bathroom, a closet, or a door to the outside. Here I think it's a bathroom. I think it has to be a bathroom here because the June Fairchild character emerged from it earlier mm. It doesn't make sense that it would have been a closet, but it's used for different things in different episodes. It's very definitely a closet in at least two episodes. <laughs> things are getting desperate. Oh no. <laughs>
2: And here we go. That's right.
1: Mrs. Mrs. Arcadian is definitely wowing all the gentlemen.
2: Yeah, and I guess pretzels only come in a certain style bag there. That's right. Well, Mike will be happy.
1: (laughs) He (laughs) has an axe. (laughs) That was one of the places where the lead pipe was used, was when uh, he was trying to get rid of Mr. Babbitt. (laughs) And he's trying to rent the apartment to Mrs. Arcadian. He can, he can get rid of those nasty kids. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, this is interesting. Uh, Davy refers to Mickey as my roommate, which I think the only time in the entire series where that word is used. Yes. Um, again, it, it just sort of makes me think that they were playing down their age and trying to make them look a lot younger than they are. Um, it just strikes me as a very juvenile way to express the relationship between him and his bandmates. So, your other left. <laughs> yeah. I think this sequence goes on a little bit too long.
0: And I don't I think this you know. haircut's a regulation.
1: <laughs> yeah. But notice, we'll, we'll see um, Mike saluting later on, and he's the only member of the monkeys who was actually in the military. Oh, right. And he knows how to salute. <laughs> and stay there. Okay, so it's not a regulation salute, but he's the one who throws one. Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> mm-hmm. And the jukebox has a an off switch?
1: In the uh, script, they said that um, they would have him switch it to the song a Bridge Over the River Kwai. You know, the whistled, da 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 dum bum, bum. But uh, I imagine it was cheaper to use just incidental music rather than paying for the license for that. Song.
0: Well, the party was fun.
1: It was, yeah. But yeah. you know something? We just watched these four grown men allow the uninvited person to end the party in their own home.
0: You know, it's so sad. Even the balloons look deflated.
1: Wow. Yeah. You know, I mean, whose house is it? <laughs>
2: Yeah, again, I guess it's the monkeys there um, skewing a little younger than they really are.
1: Yeah, and also they're trying to please the guy so that he'll let Davey date his daughter. <laughs>
2: little fantasy sequence there.
1: Yeah, right. <laughs> turns out Mickey really wants to go to Venice. Really, really, really wants to go to Venice. <laughs> So finally, Leslie stands up for herself.
0: All of it's a sudden, the dress doesn't look as good. Go on.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is actually a clever way to end it. I mean, they 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 needed something to get out of the story, and this sort of works. And we're back into the fantasy <laughs> sequence. Somebody tell me when the party begins. <laughs> <laughs> But I'm glad that Leslie stands up for herself. It could have been a case where the monkeys argue on her behalf and she just, you know, succeeds because she's got the monkeys on her side. But she actually made that argument on her own behalf. Good for her. (laughs) Sorry, Mr. Babbitt. (laughs) I'm sorry, I think Vicky still looks good in that dress. Notice that there was no attempt to give him che- a chest. Right. But it's just, just such a lovely dress that you.
0: I yeah, like it works. the gentle stroking of the wig as he walks away.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we have, a, a tag sequence. <laughs>
7: <Davy's> <laughs> so how long does it
1: figure to figure out that Davy's up a tree and? Yeah. <laughs> That's why. And so there's Mickey finally got together with Cynthia.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> and there's a, a shot from the opening um, <laughs> credits, which we got right. We got a couple of shots from the opening credits in this episode. We got the uh, Mickey falling into the cake as well.
1: Mm-hmm, right. And then we jump into... A tag. This is, I think, one of the first times we've had a completely unrelated song stuck onto the end of an episode for no particular reason.
0: Yeah, it's Other a than fill
1: time. I don't you know, understand.
0: Uh, Peter had uh, Tarzan's outfit on. Yep. Mm. I wonder what those two guys did.
1: Oh, he conjured it. Be silly. Oh, okay. <laughs> now, most of this is the um, performance from One Man Shy. Mm-hmm. Um, but just that first bit in the scuba's... Didn't make any sense at all. But for the rest of the episode, we have the one man shy sequence. Yeah. In the episode, one man shy, Peter's actually dancing with the debutante.
0: Which Davey looks like he's he... going to hurt himself.
1: Yeah. <laughs> but that sort of explains why Peter's bouncing around so much, because he's got his date standing in front of him.
0: Yeah. Plus, he likes to bounce like Tigger.
1: Well, that is true. I sometimes wonder whether maybe Peter overacted the playing the bass because he wasn't actually playing the bass and it, and he it was just trying to do something yeah. and you know, sort of to compensate for the fact that he wasn't actually playing.
0: I really think him and Davey have a little contest going there to <laughs> see who can <laughs> act the goofiest.
2: <laughs> I think Pete wins.
1: Well, they shared a microphone so often in these uh, performance sequences, and they really do have a lovely chemistry. There's a lot of uh, grinning at each other and uh, looking like they're having fun.
2: (laughs) Davey. All right. So that brings us to the end of another exciting episode, and I guess we have to um, submit our votes for the most valuable monkey. And since Ken is our guest, Ken, would you mind going first?
0: No doubt Mickey Dolan's on this one.
2: All right. Any rationale?
0: Well, Mike can't even get it together to open up a bag of pretzels without an axe. Uh, while Davey <laughs> seems to be the person that kicks off the episode, it's Mickey that winds up saving it all.
2: All so. right. Um, Melanie?
1: Again, it's Mickey hands down. If he didn't win it for his um, performances, Mrs. Arcadian, which is actually quite nuanced and lovely, um, he'd also win for the stunt work Was they were decorating for the party, climbing up on the balcony and then sliding down the stair, uh, the handrail.
2: Right on, mm-hmm. right on. I will go with Mickey as well, and I will add that the, um, the phone call he, he does as well, um, convincing the, um, the father that they fought in the war together. Um, is a nice Dolan's here. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> so, wow, we have, um, three, um, all three panelists, um, throwing their hat in the ring for Mickey as most valuable monkey. Um, make sure, um, you join us on the Facebook page if you'd like to cast your vote for most valuable monkey for this episode or any of our previous color cast commentaries. And, I think
1: um, maybe the first time we've all voted for the same person.
2: I think so. I think so. So congrats to Mickey. Um, Melanie, anything you want to say before we leave?
1: No, uh, just don't forget to tell us who you think is the most valuable monkey.
2: Get out the vote, Zilch Army. Yes. All right, Ken. Hey, thank you for sitting in. It's always a pleasure um, when you join us for these commentaries. Hey, it's uh, always a pleasure to watch the monkeys. All right, right on. And we will see you next time for another Monkeys color cast commentary. There's only one thing that bothers me, though. What? Do I gotta
8: give back the ring? Thank you for tuning in to tonight's Monkey's Color Cast. I'm your announcer, Ghosty Timmers. Now, back to the show. You know, the word oldies isn't a dirty word. Not in my book, anyway. Hey, this is Ghosty. How would you like to listen to a radio show that spins top hits, lost gems, and then some? from the glorious years between 1955 and 1972. One that features interviews with the likes of Julie Newmark, John Sebastian, Al Jardine, Mickey Dolenz, Don Wells, David Cassidy, Angela Cartwright, Bill Medley, Ronnie Spector, Connie Stevens, and many more. Well, the Vintage Rock and Pop Shop is on the air every Sunday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time on 89.1 WFDU-FM. That's in the uh, New York, New Jersey area. You can also listen to it live online by going to WFDU.FM. But there's an even easier way for you folks who aren't in the New York, New Jersey area and don't want to have to get up at 11 a.m. Eastern Time on a Sunday morning. You can listen to it anytime you want just by clicking the handy links over on our Facebook page. So go on Facebook. You're probably already on Facebook. Look for The Vintage Rock and Pop Shop. Like it. Live it. Love it. And thanks. Well that was another
0: great color cast commentary. Thank you Craig. Thank you Melanie. You're
1: welcome.
2: Yes, as always, you're welcome, Ken. Uh, this was uh always a lot of fun.
0: And we just want you folks to know that coming up soon we're hoping to do the Pisces, Aquarius, Capricorn and Jones. So it's on the planning stages. It's it's tough getting everybody together at the big round table here at Zilch. You got to come down the spiral staircase, but uh <laughs> So we're working on some cool stuff and we hope to bring you the best in monkeys talk. So you guys ready to go?
2: Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. Well,
0: let's cue the announcer and we'll end this show today. Have fun monkey around. Bye. Bye. Notice I didn't make you all sing.
2: Yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And that's our show. Zilch is an online nonprofit monkeys audio fancy made by fans for fans. Any samples of music or interviews heard remain property of their owners. We are not related to the monkeys or any of their members past or present. We are not affiliated with Rhino or Ray Bird. If you hear anything you like from the band, go on Amazon or iTunes and buy it. If you enjoyed the show, like us on Facebook and rate us on iTunes. Thank you for listening. Until next time, I'm your announcer, Chelsea Epstein, saying always take some time to monkey around.
0: Pisces, Aquarius, Capricorn... Ugh, god. Pisces Aquarius Capricorn Capricorn and Jones. Pisces Aquarius Capricorn and Jones. So maybe that's why we haven't done it yet folks. I can't say it. <laughs> <laughs> you can
1: anyway. hire somebody else to say it for you. Yeah,
0: I will have Craig Cohen say it. He's a pro. <laughs> <laughs> oh, god. <speaking in the> da <background> Okay, pick a number between 1 and 10. Um,
7: 14. Right.